Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Unusual Efforts F-Pod. We are here today, minus one member, but we'll get to that later. Uh, As of our recording, it's been about 20, 30 hours, 30 hours, not 20, 30 hours, 30 hours since uh, the Women's World Cup, about 24 hours since the, um, oh my God. Oh, the ones that don't matter? (laughs) Yeah, the other one, no, the other things. The one that was in South America and the one that was in North slash Central America. You know, those ones. Um, The Copa America and also the Gold Cup have also finished. And we are going off script today because clearly no one's written one, if you could tell from this introduction. And I am joined today by Jesse. Friends. And Megan. Hey. And noticeably absent is uh, Kirsten because we're recording way past her bedtime. So but we're all high for her. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think today, because we're kind of on a tight deadline. Um... Oh, you just don't want to hang out with us today. <laughs> Come on. Kind of. I mean, the, the chat title has been changed about eight times already. And there's already been some internal fighting. But no, I think it is important that we discuss um, American-Canadian relations um, in this political sports climate right now. Because I've been getting quite a bit of, not flack, I shouldn't say flack, but kind of a lot of, uh, but you should support the American women's team on Twitter and from other people. And fuck that. Nope. <laughs> So, sorry, guys. Um, sorry. Sorry, uh, she does. Her most Canadian accent. Sorry, eh? Uh, sorry, bud. But, it like, short, I, I can't even think what it would take for you to convince me to like this American team. Um, the men's team, totally cool with. Oh, You know, me and oh, Bradley were tight. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, oh. Oh, I was no. really gutted when they lost last night. Uh, that was oh, actually a really good game, too. Um, oh, oh, so, oh, can I? Sorry. <laughs> you were fine with me up until yeah. the team were fine. I mean, as someone who could, n- I mean, listen, no, I don't. I, nope, I don't. I can't. Jesse I nearly had a bicycle kick. I mean, it was a complete disaster, but he nearly had one. The men's team, okay, I see that we're going to have to, like, yeah. fast track our why we must never support the UN's men's national team podcast. So, whatever that was just the Michael Bradley that, podcast we were going to oh, do. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, totally other podcast. Okay, this, well, let's, let's start with I the women because. Down and we must never support the US men's national team okay. podcast. That'll be part two of the podcast because I do think it's important that we get to the women. Um. 
if you're just turning, tuning in now and have been living under a rock for the last month, the American women have just won the World Cup. Um, for the fourth time. Sure. Uh, for some amount of times. Um, undeservedly, maybe. <gasps> just saying, VAR is used in every single situation in the World Cup, except when there's a potential handball in like the 91st minute against France that could have tied France up to go into extra time. Just saying. Um, ooh, the drinks have been coming out. It's I'm just drinking my Pinot Rapino Noir. It's fine. Cool. It's not problem. And I'm drinking my Canadian lager from Woodhouse. So. I'm also trying to figure out why. Like Maybe it's on purpose that Twitter is not letting me log in right now so I can live... <laughs> <laughs> like, did Kirsten do something? <laughs> uh, she often changes the password on me, so <laughs> would not be surprised. Um, I think it's all you guys. <laughs> so, yeah. But okay, let me give my position first, and then we'll go from there. So, obviously, Canadian American sports and politics and general day to day lives are very compared and polar and different and we're neighbors but we're enemies but we're Canadian so we still have to be nice and smile even though really we're gritting our teeth and so to watch this American team who are undeniably talented I'm, I'm not saying that whose political ideologies and um, just everything else off the pitch I completely stand for and I completely agree with but as soon as they get on the pitch, and I'm trying to choose my words wisely here because I'm already afraid of the backlash because I'm a nice, polite Canadian. But You don't have to be. It's fine. There are so many parallels to the American women's national team and the Trump administration. I know, I know. This is why I'm choosing my words. Uh, I'm choosing my words. Not saying that they're the same. I'm saying that the positioning around their thoughts and feelings and execution of those thoughts and feelings are how the rest of the world views America. I'm not comparing Donald Trump to any of the women who play on the team. Not doing that at all. I'm just saying this idea of over-the-top Americanism, which a lot of the world is very uncomfortable with, is just personified entirely on this women's national team, which makes the things that I like about them get really drawn out by the things that I don't like about them. Do you think that... So can I just say one more thing? Yes, the you title can. Of, for those listening at home, the title of this chat is called Sonia Quits. So... <laughs> Don't worry, we're still going to be friends um, after this. Always. How much, if any, of that do you think is related to or due to the fact that culturally, societally, and historically, women are not supposed to revel in their successes? They're not, they're always supposed to sort of apologize for or temper their victories um and while i uh, i don't agree with you but i see i i do see your point i think that 
part of this for them is really is really trying to take back the what it means to be an American right now, which is so fucking complicated and god awful. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I do recognize I, and I appreciate. There, I think that you know there are so many examples of. In uh, and I'll, I'll I'll stick to sports. Um, hashtag that one. Um, and and you know I could think of off the top of my head, you know, a, a, a bajillion um, examples of of male athletes celebrating and and in, in, in any way, you know, Delhi Alley. Delhi Alley is how I learned what Fortnite was. <laughs> you know? um, or or how many men have we seen like? rubbing their crotches or, you know, playing with the flag, <laughs> rubbing their crotches and playing with the flag. And I do mean that in two different ways. Um, but, but I think with women, outsized celebrations are always held up as a, well, should they? How dare they? You know, what does that mean? Ugh. And part of this, I think, is them saying, you know what, fuck that. I appreciate that. But, and this is to play devil's advocate, and something I do believe in, is that also, keep in mind, the rest of the world looks at the United States as in, sorry, let me backtrack that. I don't look at it as women's celebration. I look at it as American celebration. So it's the idea of, like, the women. But is that fair? I'm not saying that to you, I'm saying that to everyone. Like, is that fair on this World Cup when it's about... (laughs) Sorry, does you know, have an opinion on this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when it is so much about equal before everyone, when it's Ada Hageborg not playing, when it is, you know, Argentina saying, fuck this, we're coming anyway. Like, maybe this really is, or should it be about women saying, fuck this, it's our stage. Don't schedule three tournaments at the same time. Like, look at us. I, I agree with that point 100%. I think to me too um, is I don't I'm trying to word this properly. I don't want to put women's sport on a different level than I put on men's sport. So what I mean by that is that I think it's ridiculous that yes, you have the Blue Jays, but the Americans celebrate the World Series when they're. I don't be- know what the Blue Jays are. Oh, that's baseball. Baseball. baseball sorry, switch sports. Here. Sorry. Or even just, like, what Toronto's experience with, like, winning the NBA championships and everyone's just like, a team from Canada, what? So I think coming from it... I first... thought the World Series was the most ridiculous. Like, really? The whole world, including California? Even like... California. <laughs> Hashtag even California. Um, no, but so I think as somebody who has lived next door to the United States, who spent a lot of time in the United States, because we used to have a home in, in uh, Florida, which is, I know, a total other own little that's, bubble I was in the United say, that's, States. That's not real. That's, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I realize that. <laughs> but I think looking at this American team, as a Canadian who has followed sports, has followed soccer her whole life, this team is American first and women second. And I think that might be just very distinct to me because of my position and how I, I put myself around sport and gender politics. And that's the bit that I can't get over. It's the Americans being Americans again. And, and going back to like celebrating, it's not that no one said that you shouldn't go out and score, what was it, 13 goals? It was don't celebrate the 13th goal the way that you do 
the first goal or winning the World Cup. Not because, like, you should tone it down or be, you know, better sportsman-like or what are sports person-like, but that you should realize the bigger picture. And it's not about not scoring goals or showing how great you are or how much you've practiced or how much you've worked towards this, but it's knowing that you're in a position of power and how is that position of power any different than any other position of power in soccer that we talk about on a day-to-day basis? I'm trying to honestly like, and I'm honestly trying to think about it, the difference, if there is any difference in like Germany in 2014, because I watched that faithfully and all of the social media celebrations and went and saw the museum expositions that they did over the photographs from the final. (laughs) So I saw a lot of their celebrations and what's happening right now with the U.S. women. It's the same, like they scored seven goals against Brazil and celebrated them all. But scoring seven goals against Brazil, Brazil is an equal opponent. Like, I I know this is an easy comparison because it's the closest to, but it's not comparing apples to apples. But again, I mean, we've talked about this before, and I think that, you know, there is something. Yes, this is a this is a, you know, a conversation. But are they, you know. Would they have been criticized for not celebrating and patronizing, Tyler? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, have men, you know, in, in, in the Australia match that still gets talked about when they mm-hmm. won, it's, so it's now we know... The opponents were never the Sammy. I don't know Sammy. I really want you on the pod here. Um, maybe <laughs> Sammy is up, on the pod. Don't worry. I, maybe because we brought up Germany, and he's like, "Oh, my namesake." <laughs> um, we know the opponents, but nobody talks about Australia and whether they over celebrated or whether they should have stopped scoring. So I don't know. You know, I, I I'm not saying that everything should be like taught. You know, brought in terms of gender, although I'm sure I'm going to be accused of doing that because, you know, nothing new there. We're accused of everything, Um, don't worry. (laughs) Um, I think my favorite was Feminist Witch, and Feminist was not capitalized, but Witch was, and I just really wanted to ask, like, how'd you make that choice, man, on Twitter? I feel like that's a compliment. Well, I'm going to embroider it on a shirt. I've been trying to make... Um, shirts with all the things people have accused me of and I really so far my adorable and full of rage shirt has gotten a lot of compliments so feminist witch um, man on twitter I forget your hashtag your um, handle twitter handle but that's gonna be my next shirt so thank you but I feel like I might capitalize feminist no so. no no it's better no it's like very bell hooksy like lowercase lowercase feminist uppercase witch also uh just a side note just to show that we're all still friends even though we're talking a very heavy topic is um (laughs) because kirsten is too bashful and she's not on this pod to stop me from saying this um i am making a black market unusual efforts (gasps) i want it i'm already putting in my order perfect so if there's anything that uh you guys want on shirts that may not be necessarily appropriate for the um um, may not be appropriate for the actual store. Let me know because we're putting together. Here's the irony of it all: an Amazon <laughs> store that only works in the United States right now. <laughs> this is where my deep-seated resentment comes from. 
<laughs> I know. But do you want to tell everybody what... The, well, you know what? Maybe it's best because then Kirsten, who lives in Serbia, can actually order one. I don't know. What's it going to be? So we have one shirt that says Kirsten edits my work. Yes. Um, we're going to do a kerfuffle shirt, but I haven't exactly worked it out yet because I think that's going to be our, our number one seller. Also, side note, I put this in the group chat, but it was like in the middle of like a real conversation but I was at um, it was my first time walking in the Toronto Pride Parade a few weekends ago and there was a furry group there who had their own float and they were called the Kerfuffles <gasps> I know yeah, I love that. Yeah. also I've been making um, gifts for everybody for all the unusual for all the effortistas so uh, this is my this is my next one <gasps> so suck on that <laughs> so suck on that one but they're going to turn into other things so anyway um, exciting I know, right? Okay. Art so, Crafts Corner on uh, Unusual so, Efforts. Um, unusual Etsy Tista? No. Okay, Ooh, I'll figure I it like out. I like that, actually. I like that. I'm not crafty at all. Um, so I just like cross-stitching because it's portable and it's very stabby. Mm. Oh, and then another shirt. I don't know if I can reveal this yet, but if not, um, we'll Is it recall- the one that I were plotting? Mm, I don't know. The one that... Um, uh, fans of I'm going to try to give it away without giving away the fans the ones that fans of Brighton and Hope Albion might want um if a different type of winged thing <laughs> I think I know what it is <laughs> oh wait I know what you <laughs> we're all trying to talk about it without saying it <laughs> okay I'll say mine first because yours seems like extra secretive but Okay. I've been talking about. Uh, I've been talking to Hannah Carroll to design a pigeon shirt. <gasps> That's right. Yes. Yeah. Brand yeah, 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 yeah. I know, but I was trying to like. I know. Okay. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Hannah's art is like the most stunning, beautiful thing ever, and I really want. I want it. I need it. Okay. I'm gonna have to like somehow make a lot of money to just spend it all in our. Oh. And that, that's the other thing, too. Um, like our other short shirts, 100%, um, other than the commission to the artist, obviously. But the rest of the money goes straight back to unusual efforts. So when I say black market, I mean, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> making it like a bandit over here. But, uh, yeah, it was actually really funny when I was like giving Hannah a very like poor brief of like the idea. I was just like, I don't actually want to tell you what I want because I just want you to like do it because i trust you and she's like well i need a little bit of context and i'm like pigeon wasn't enough context so i'm did sorry did you show her our um our whatsapp chat nope <laughs> i didn't so, want to like taint her like creative process well we're hoping to make a a dance competition right yeah a pigeon dance competition more details later when we figure it out and then <laughs> well, a- there are details <laughs> hashtag Pitch us, pitch, pitchin. It looks better than it sounds. Yeah. I was gonna say pitchin challenge works. I don't know if pitch up. Yeah, pitchin, pitchin. Ooh, pitchin. I like that. Pitchin, like, right? Pitchin, yeah. And like, okay. But okay. pigeon, but pitch. So pitchin. Perfect. But like pitch oh, like it. Pitchin. Right. See, it oh, all works on so many levels. I know, but you have to like see it. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> this place definitely is going to have to be an internet challenge. Yeah, like, yeah. We're, yeah. we're all going to have to become super popular. And this is also uh, how we have to do well, it without Kirsten knowing. Kirsten's going to hate us, <laughs> but it's out of sheer love. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. 
Anyway, going back to more serious topics now. So uh. here, here, okay, here is what I propose my thought is in a more okay. succinct manner. Is okay. I think to a lot of the rest of the world, not all of the world, but a lot of the rest of the world, the American national team is a little bit, um, I don't want to say hypocritical, that's a bit too harsh, but everything they're rallying against on, against uh, like male-dominated sports is sort of what they are to the rest of female-dominated sports. Does that make sense? You know, it does. And, uh, but can I give you... Please do. Uh, my Teach me. view, which you don't know. I, I mean, I love that we can have conversations here without, like, trying to convince each other. So I'm just going to give mine, and then Megan, you know, we'll just, like... So. I have never felt any affinity to the, I mean, not even felt any affinity. I felt like an anti-affinity to the U.S. men's national team. And I don't particularly know why at the beginning, you know, grew up a Metro Stars fan. So there were always some players that, like, I really liked, but I never felt, in the last couple of years, I actively. leaves them um but um and i you know look i never missed out i mean i have i have uruguay and i've spent a ridiculous amount of heartbreak and time and tears and you know like whatever so i have a team but it is um incredible you know uruguay doesn't have a women's team and more on that another time and why that needs to change but um, to get to, like, I've now been to a couple of women's national team matches, and to see the, like, let me do that better. In 99, <laughs> I think you guys have heard me do this, but, like, in 99, I was young, and I had not seen, like, I, I played soccer, but um, it didn't feel really like a thing that, like, a lot of, like, a thing that, like, girls did until you didn't. Mm-hmm. And then to see women, see Brandi Chastain whip her fucking jersey off and then look at the world who expected her to apologize for it and say, not only no, but like, fuck you, no. And for them to like love each other and play amazing individually, but play better together and support each other. It like, I feel like this group of women in all of their forms has sort of constantly been there and filling this hole that I did not know that I needed um, for all of these reasons. Like, they've been feminist icons and they've been queer icons and they've been athlete icons and they've just sort of stepped in and stepped up and they could have been the men. They could have had every right to say, look, we're going to stick to sports. We're going to keep our heads down and we're going to, like, just win shit, right? They've every right to do that. But instead... They've fought for equal pay, and they fought for each other, and they fought for, you know, they've been the role models that, like, they didn't need to be, but totally selfishly, I needed that. Like, I needed to see women fight with each other and for each other. Um, so, I don't know. I I love them. Like, I love Megan Rapino 
refusing to back down and I love them standing with her. Um, there's just like this amazing sense of camaraderie. I'm like afraid the bubble's going to burst and it just never does. Um, and I, I, I want, I want to come together and say to their male counterparts, like, you know, beat this, like, do, do better, stand by us. Like, I just, I just, I don't know. I love having them. I love having them as a team. I don't give a shit if they win. I really don't. I love that they win. I'm going to try to get out of work on Wednesday and, like, you know, go throw confetti and, and weep. We have a parade. That's awesome. And, look, the last time we had a parade, I think it was for, like, a baseball team, like, a Yankees, Mets, whatever the fuck. And I was so annoyed because my subway stop was, like, cordoned off. I want this parade. Like, I am so excited. Um, yeah, so that was, like, my very roundabout way of saying, like, I just, I just love them. I don't know if that worked or not, but. Well, yours is much more eloquent than mine is, so. It was not eloquent. <laughs> it Megan, wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it ended in baseball, so. Yeah. Oh. I mean, before that. Um, I'm from, I mean, I think I've talked about this a little bit, but I don't know how in-depth I went. I'm from a very conservative area in the middle of the Midwest. Um, and I said this in our WhatsApp group, um, and I've talked about it a little bit, but I've literally had a 30-minute phone conversation with my aunt today where she was talking about how she didn't like that purple-haired, and then she used an expletive that I'm not going to use. Um, and... Not that one who did the tea thing. Which, number one, if you're going to insult them, at least know their names. Um, but anyway, like Jesse was saying, they the women's team has always been this... A way, like, women expressing themselves in a way that was frowned upon in every facet of my life. And that's just continued even more now when we have five LGBTQ, out LGBTQ players on the team. Um... And just to see that and be able to see them be happy is, like, a really important thing for me when in the current political climate. So that's where I'm at, is that the women's team has always been, like, this sort, like Jesse said, they've always been there for me when I needed them. They were there when I was five and didn't know what was going on, and the only goal I ever scored in my soccer career was a one that bounced off the back of my head into the goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was technically an own goal, though. Um, <laughs> Whatever, just own it. It's all good. <laughs> That's the only thing that I'd ever scored, and I didn't even know what was going on because I was, like, four years old. And then I got to see these women dominate, and then that was what all I wanted to do, and I was wearing a Mia Hamm jersey, like, every week to school. And it... <laughs> my mom um, helped me record the 2000 Olympics, so he recorded them on VHS, and I would watch them at night. <laughs> and it was just this expression of happiness, and I just remember that being amazing. And don't get me wrong, I get it, and I think that's what, I mean, I get it to the point where I can't live your experiences, but I understand why they're so important and so ingrained, and they just become a part of you. I think where I'm coming from is that's all the stuff that I love, the feminist culture, the queer culture, the, you know, standing up to the president of the United States, like all of that is amazing and incredible. But in the end of the day, there's still a soccer team that I hate. 
and you get that yeah. you are a lot you know like and, that and I almost you know what it is I almost feel like I'd be doing them a disservice if I did like them yeah. because it would almost be pandering or like us women have to stick together where I'm like oh, sports trumps a l- or soccer trumps a lot of things over that oh don't and- say trumps <laughs> oh sorry um, <laughs> soccer goes above a lot of things <laughs> and I think the most respectful thing I could do for the American women's team is to say, fuck you, I hate you guys, <laughs> in a I weird way. Canadians are allowed to say that. Yeah. Oh, no, Canadians swear all the time. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I thought they say, like, you know, a maple syrup on your head or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Canadian witches. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Curse yeah. your family with maple syrup. Um <laughs> Two fun maple syrup facts about in Canada is <laughs> our hundred dollar bills smell like maple syrup. It's one of our anti. I that. Yeah, it's one well, of our anti counterfeit. My friend told me that. Mm-hmm. And number two is we actually have very big mafia problems involving maple syrup. Okay, so my friend who is from Saskatoon. Yep. Um, That's a place. Tyler, shout out to you. Tyler Where told me that. Yeah, Saskatoon. Um, Tyler said that um, the mafia. Tra- um, traffics mm-hmm. in maple syrup because it's like better than currency and gross Tyler puts maple syrup on his poutine um, no that's fine um, I genuinely had a donut today that had bacon bits on it and and maple syrup sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but then he said that when he was little somebody had to told him not somebody had to tell him not to lick money and I just thought that was like a weird kid thing and he was like no it tastes like maple syrup um, not hundred percent sure if it tastes like maple syrup. Um, that's, that's, def- that's definitely a different way to test your money for yeah. 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 Like, no, that that's not a PSA. Don't lick your money. Um. <laughs> yeah. Sorry that that's that might be a Saskatoon thing. I don't know. My brother lived in Saskatoon for a little bit. I'm trying to change the subject. Can you ask him? Can you ask him about the money thing? I can. Can and will. Now he lives like down the street, but like Toronto is very long street, so he lives very far down the street from me. But um, yes, I will ask him if he's ever licked money while living in Saskatoon. Same currency, by the way. Just FYI. But you know, like you don't like I don't know. You know. Okay. Cool. Um, You guys, I'm really sad it's over. Me too, actually. Um, it was nice to a be able to watch soccer over the summer that isn't just MLS, um, and I guess now Canada has CPL. But it was nice to just you know see some familiar faces. Uh, as I think most people know, Canada doesn't have a women's league. I mean, we just got a men's league this year, so that isn't MLS, like a Canadian high level professional league. So yeah, why? I mean, your women. I don't know if you know this, are very good. So that why? What's the deal, man? Like, um, I'm gonna get okay. This might be an offline topic that we discuss more fully. Uh, Are we later starting on. a Canadians Women League? <sighs> no, 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 no. Oh, I'm happy to if I can. Oh, okay, if I can find funding for that, I'm more than happy to. It's just the Canadian. Um choosing my words carefully here Canadian soccer is a little bit further behind on a lot of things let's just go with that listen you know Dwayne DiRosario call Dwayne 
tell him we need a women's league. Get on it. Um, What's the problem? Yeah. I have literally had like two, a full two tablespoons of Megan Rapinoe Noir, which is what I'm calling it. And I'm drunk enough to tell you. That's all you need to do. Rosario, by the way. I probably should. uh... I know. Like, all you need to do is call Dwayne and be like, Dwayne, why are you sending all our women to the United States? Like, you're exporting your best people. And that's why Sydney LaRue played for the United States because she could not get anything here. See? Um, Christine Sinclair is playing down here. Yes. Come on. She still says Canada. A funny Dero story, though. We were, we did like a charity, like, I don't even know what it's called. You know when you get paired up with like a celebrity and you have to do like karaoke and Pictionary and like all these different. No, jobs. Sonia, that has never happened in my life. No, <laughs> I work in fundraising. That, that's a thing. But anyway, um, I work in preschool. I usually get paired up with a two-year-old for like you know I don't know nose wiping. Oh, I mean that may have been an activity. But um, there was one challenge <laughs> where it was you had to wear a helmet and you had to hit a beach ball like back and forth. And everyone else was doing it like a rally of like five, six times. And then Dero and Nick went and like they got something like 120 in like less than a minute. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. It was good. Uh, The closest I've ever come was, um, by the way, if you are visiting Atlanta and there's an MLS team there that you want to see, they are probably at the Marriott on Peachtree, which I found out because we had a quiz bowl. tournament there and i didn't realize that new york city fc was in town um and so i was like working for one of the parts of the tournament and so i was like doing my score sheet and my head was down because i was walking it to the control room and i wasn't really paying attention and i hate math so i was trying to make sure my math was right and i realized there was somebody like right in front of me that i almost ran into and it was david via (laughs) i just look up and his face is right there and like he has like some like you know, like, the um, jacket on or whatever, and I was like, because I was like, this isn't real, like, I passed out or something, and I just, like, stood there looking like an idiot for, like, a full five seconds, and then I just went, sorry, and walked around, and didn't say a word to him, <laughs> and then I walk into the control room with a bunch of nerds, and I can say that because I'm one of them, um, and hand them the sheet, and I'm like, I just ran into David Viet, like, literally almost ran into, and they all look like, what? Who? And I was very disappointed because I was like up here and they were just like, I don't know what you're talking about or why you care. Just give us our score sheet so we can continue. And then I went down to the moderator who is really awesome. His name's Chuck Pearson. He's a professor. He likes soccer too. So um, I said it to him and he was like, no way. And like everybody in the room, like a bunch of, well, not everybody, but quite a few people in the room wanted to go out looking for the New York City FC players. Um, after that, but we had to keep going. So I was going to say you totally should have. I would have asked to touch his hair. Yeah, it was spiky. It was supp- yeah. like I was like, it's not even. I don't know. <laughs> You're in your hotel. What's happening? I also, like, that was the wandered la- into a quiz bowl. <laughs> He's just like, I know, because it was like this little lobby that they had. And I'm like, why is he down here? And then on the way back, there were people like David, David, and they like had like a flag and stuff. It was so weird. I thought. Somebody needs to write the fanfic, i.e. somebody me, um, about David Villa and New York City FC ending up on a quiz bowl tournament. Get on that. That's not fanfic. That's real life. (laughs) No, I mean, like, into the rooms and everything, like, having to play the competition. Yeah. Fair. Um, (laughs) Just like how it's quiz bowl. Yeah. Um, 
Ah, David Villa. So I know this is unscripted, but I have a studio audience question. We don't have a studio audience. It's actually my thesis supervisor. People don't know that. Oh, right. Yep. Um, I have, so, sorry, I'm, I'm scrolling through my phone. Uh, Samuel makes this for the audience. <laughs> can we pretend like we have an audience? All right, we, we all have dogs in the yeah, room. Yeah. All right, Nick, can you just start clapping? <laughs> Hi, Nick. They say thank you. Okay. So, um, this isn't really a question, but more of our conversation. So, Scott, shout out to my thesis supervisor here. Uh, Just to quote him. Quote, so beyond all the great things about the Women's World Cup, does anyone do such, did anyone do such the, I think he meant to say, did anyone notice the the incredible lack of diversity? I assume it has a lot to do with girls having access to soccer at an early age, but teams such as England, the United States, uh, and Netherlands are really not at all diverse. Same goes with the U.S. men's national team. It was England that shocked me the most in comparison to the men's team. And then I asked him based on race, and he said, largely, yes, very few women of color in any of the teams. And then uh, I said, actually, we're doing the Unusual Efforts pod tonight. Can I bring this up? And he said, yes, feel free to bring it up. So he also said, there's something interesting, there's something interesting, there's some interesting cultural history that could be written. In the U.S., soccer tends to be suburban and then college-based, a broader institutionalized racism that excludes people of color from the suburbs may be at the core. Thus, the U.N. men's national team is not reflective of social diversity. England and the Netherlands have more, had, ha, had more diverse men's teams, still not truly reflective, but with more diversity than the women's teams. And um, I, he said that very eloquently, and then I responded with, I think you're absolutely right on the target demographics. Soccer is the poor man's white sailing. So I was just wondering what you guys thought about that, because I don't think we've really talked about, we've talked about diversity, and when I say we, I mean literally the three slash four of us talk yeah. about diversity on um, the panels and uh, for analysts and reporters and people who are covering, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, have we discussed diversity on the teams? I, I don't know if we have. I have, so I thought it was with guys because who else do I talk about football with? Like, I don't know. Um, no, it's a great question, and I think that he and you are spot on that in the U.S., um, and Canada too, to be completely. Honest. And ca- is it in ca- like I know in the U.S. it's the past in like the play. Is that in Canada as well? So I can only really speak here about PDL, and it's like the Midland League, and it's the same thing. It's if you can afford to get it, you get it. I mean, I, was, I don't. I mean, uh, years old. I don't remember clearly. Never good at math, but um, I had been playing soccer that was free, and then. My mom, my parents both worked full time, and my mom said, "No, you choose." Either way. I was playing indoor soccer and outdoor so- rec soccer. I, I cannot. I, indoor soccer was maybe rec, or maybe they had to pay a little bit. Um, and my mom said, "You know, you have to choose. It's either soccer or acting. Like <laughs> we can afford one, we could do the time for one, but like that's it. Um, because it's statement. It's a traveling travel soccer. You have to somebody's got to do all those things, and somebody's got to pay for all your shit and." Um, if you have parents who work full-time, like, that's a time commitment that they can't put in. Um, so, um, like, 
I don't know, it must have been 12, 13, and that was, that was really it. There's no rec after that. Like, you either pay or you don't, you don't get to play anymore. Um, and that precludes a lot of, I mean, I'm not saying that I was talented. It did not preclude me from, like, fulfilling my World Cup dreams. That does You're preclude very talented a, in other ways. Thank you, guys. <laughs> but it does preclude a lot of really talented people from playing. Um, I sure. think we all remember the phenomenal movie Goal. You know, it doesn't <laughs> really happen. Like, the super <laughs> talented but impoverished inner city kid is just like, like, I know, Sonia, you haven't seen it. Don't. Oh my gosh. It's so bad. <laughs> I was about to say that. It's. Okay, there's more than one. The hijack the conversation is actually important, but Megan, can you please put this on our watch list? <laughs> yeah, it's a trilogy. It's so fuck awful and so. Real yeah. Madrid, like yeah. Beckham was still. It's, it's amazing. Don't listen, Jesse. It's amazing. No, it's like it's like it's, it's a gift, and I apologize. It's a and movie you're welcome. Real Madrid. No, I. Yes and no. <laughs> You're it's like this kid that ends up, like, he ends up uh, playing professional team, like, going. He's, like, poor, yeah. but he's an immigrant, but, like, obviously he plays soccer. He's not, like, I think, what's his job? He, he's, like, in college, no, he's in high school, but he's, like, working for his parents, or he's trying to support his parents, but then somebody's a scout, and they're like, oh, that poor kid, let's scout him. Uh, there's going to be a new segment on Unusual Efforts. It's called Jesse and Megan Explain American Movies to Sonia. <laughs> it's not going very well. And then in the second one, he gets sold to Real Madrid. And so there are multiple scenes, not just one. There are multiple scenes, including one in a pool with Real Madrid players. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so bad. And it's so, yeah. so good. Okay. Yeah, anyway, not the answer no. to the question. But I think that's, you know, important. Scott, uh, look like, what you've so, done. Scott, we're going to put, listen, uh, we're going to footnote goal one and two and possibly three in the article that we wind up writing about this. Um, but it's a really important question. And I and I think that um, I think that Brazil is a, a really interesting sort of exception to this rule because a lot of the players use and are somehow able to use football as a way out of the favelas. Um, oh, yeah. And and sorry, obviously, I didn't read my whole conversation with Scott, but we were talking about how this, uh, well, he mentioned, like, the Netherlands and England. Um, it was a very North American thing where soccer is a bougie sport. Basically. Yeah, which wasn't. White men said. Right? Like, it really wasn't. It sort of became, it was, like, colonized almost, in a mm -hmm. way. Like, you know, and yes, I'll give it to you, and only because Nick is listening. Yes, I know, British people, you invented this. But, like, Latin Americans really brought it to the States. Um, and then, I, I, and somebody who knows more, is, you know, can research this more, is probably going to have to answer the question better than I am. But, like, when somebody realized that like it could be a moneymaker I don't know but like I think that's when in the states at least Americans or white people were like nope we got this it's ours now well Simon Cooper who wrote Soccer Against the Enemy and Soccernomics has a really interesting quote about how 
in like the 30s, 40s, I think, don't quote me on the time era, when um, immigrants came to America, they were already teased for their funny clothes and their funny accents. And then all of a sudden they were playing this funny game and to not be teased, they just didn't play soccer. They played baseball. And from my own experience with immigrant parents, we never played soccer. I mean, part of that was due to my dad being a little too intense, but we were put into baseball. It was always like, we had to learn how to skate and swim. Um, Spoiler, I don't know how to skate. But, uh, and then we played baseball. And, you know, when we got older, then we did things like basketball or like whatever. But yeah, it was baseball from the time we could end up. That's interesting. I'm thinking about it and like, my brother could not give fewer shits or know anything less about soccer. If he tried, he calls it sports ball. Um, That's like my middle brother. Yeah, he was super into basketball when he was a kid. Um, I, and I, you know, my father is like, I mean, as intense as, as I am, but I don't think he ever tried to, to give it to us or do it with us. It was me, really, mm-hmm. who somehow, like, caught on to this, like, magical, wonderful, infuriating thing. But you're right. I think that, like, my father brought my brother and me to Knicks games when we were little. Like, that was an American thing that we did together. Um, I don't remember soccer being... Sure, when we were in Uruguay, like, we went with cousins or, or my grandparents, but, like, I don't think that that was a thing that my father tried to instill in us as, like, part of our cultural heritage. Yeah. Yeah, like, I remember when the States held the um, World Cup in 94 right yeah we went yeah my father went with my mom he didn't take us oh my father just went alone and then got into a fight with colin meanie but colin meanie but that's a whole other story apparently he could tell the difference between an irish flag and an italian flag but um, my story of watching maradona walk onto the field and then get herded off the field after failing his drug test oh not the 90s it was such a simpler time in football (laughs) um but yeah like it just it was like the kids were gonna go soccer wasn't for children and i mean growing up like the blue jays won the 92 and 93 world series god baseball's coming up a lot in this pod. what is wrong with Cause... i don't know okay this is what happens when kirsten's not here um so like that was really big and then the raptors came to toronto and that was massive and i remember my mom taking us to see the raptors play when they still played in the sky dome and like true there wasn't really any soccer to watch but yeah I, I don't know where I'm going with this train of thought at all because we were definitely talking about race in sport <laughs> long story short I saw a lot of sports growing up and none of it was soccer until I was a grown-up so to kind of get my like history nerd cap on get out of the personal like well a little personal is st louis is like one of the premier soccer in history has been one of the premier soccer cities um in the u.s like with the history um i think the first world cup team had five people from st louis on it the first u.s men's world cup team um and then we've got uh and the group that i'm going to talk about which i'm not talking shit about them anybody from st louis who might be listening i'm just saying i feel like that's a disclaimer you have every episode and i love it i know we should just put that at the bottom like whatever kind of small i'm not talking shit st louis (laughs) um 
but we have a very big pay-to-play organization um, that's called St. Louis Scott Gallagher Network. That's the organization um, that Christian Pulisic came up in, um, Weston McKinney, from St. Louis, by the way. Uh, they one came of up the ones she's not talking shit about. No. Uh, but they went through this organization, and I wasn't allowed to play in it because of the time constraints and the financial constraints, uh, like Jesse was saying. But the where it's based is in... Um, it's like 30 minutes out of the city of St. Louis, so it's in very much like the suburbs. It's, um, no, it's not Jefferson County. It's like almost on the edge of another county. Um, and so, number one, there's no transportation to get there. Um, you can take, because it's the same fields that they play on now, because um, um, it's like a whole complex. Um, and they are um it's so to take a you have to take a train to a bus and it takes like an hour and a half to get from north county which is going to be a lot if you're trying to go after school it's just number one a white area and number two to get there to play if you're anywhere else in st louis which is where the majority of african americans are it's impossible basically because that's not something you can do um and to like flip it a little bit with i think st louis's history i don't think i'm wrong in saying this is that it was played by the italian immigrants they're the ones who really brought it um up in st louis and i think i think that part of it is because they had like they were able to keep such a strong community and I don't know if it's because of something unique about St. Louis or just the way that they have this had this really strong community. That's like where the history started, and then it's continued and um, been kind of like revitalized. Like we had St. Louis actually. I don't know if it still does, but um, St. Louis had the largest population of Bosnians outside of Bosnia Herzegovina. Like in the war, yeah, the war they came as refugees to the United States and were placed in St. Louis don't know particularly why they're placed in St. Louis. St. Louis isn't very much like Bosnia, but <laughs> they're here. And so that's why Vidari Bisevic grew up in St. Louis. Um, and then he actually played for one of our college teams for like a year and then went pro. So <laughs> we claim him as ours. But, um So I think it's really like maybe because of St. Louis's identity as kind of like an immigrant city and like a thoroughfare like going through because we're on the rivers and stuff is maybe why it's thrived in st louis a little bit more there are books on this i sound stupid but no, you don't. <laughs> but from my experience that's what it was and actually in a totally weird turn the german immigrants that came because they came in 1840 um eventually founded their own clubs too with german names but they also founded gymnastics clubs, which is a whole other topic. So you were just going to other sports now. Mm. No, Italy did <laughs> that too. A lot of like Italian teams are rooted in like gymnastics and like the overall like gymnasium and different clubs at that. So that's a very common theme. Yeah, there was a really strong like gymnastics movement in Germany in the early 1800s that was rooted in nationalism. <laughs> and nationalism so were, ruins yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, but they were the ones... There's your shirt. <laughs> Please, I need that. Um, they were the ones who were fighting in the war um, in 1840, the Unification War. And um, 
they were kicked out of Germany because of religious reasons, and so they came to St. Louis and they founded gymnastics clubs here because soccer wasn't cool yet. And uh, and then they used those same organizations for in the future when they got into soccer. But uh, Hoppenheim is started as a gymnastics club. I was trying to think of a German team with uh, Turnin and its title, and that's the only one I can think of right now that's in the Bundesliga. But <laughs> that's how my brain goes. I love it. That that actually is the most I've learned all month this month. <laughs> and that's actually really cool. That's a great question. It. Yeah. Um, uh, the Unusual Efforts History Corner with Megan. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I like it. It's all going to be German. That's... <laughs> or like 99% German. That's fine. Um, however, I do have my strict cutoff, which is happening in two minutes. So this ending might be very awkward <laughs> if I just drop out. But um, thanks. Uh, it's it's a bit of a different recording for us. It's a weekday recording after working hours. And um, we're still friends after all of that. So forever. Friends forever. I like it. We should get that embroidered for a t-shirt. You guys, I do own a bedazzler. I just want to say. Sorry, I couldn't. I'm making it. I'm doing it. I'm cross-stitching and bedazzling the shit out of so many things. And you're all going to get presents whether you like it or not. Sorry. (laughs) And, uh, um, some of our unusual efforts and our effortistas have, whether they know it or not, put in orders. So just in case any of you are listening, I got you. <laughs> I want to know where you got a bedazzler from. Um, doesn't everyone have a bedazzler? Like, what even are you doing if you don't own a bedazzler? That is fair. Nick, I need to buy a bedazzler. Okay, and not note. Um, <laughs> you need to buy a bedazzler is the title of this episode. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so, yeah. Let's end on bedazzler, because I quite like that. <laughs> it's the sparkliest ending we got. Yeah, no, what the... Ugh, guys, I totally dropped the ball on this. What was the hashtag for the Women's World Cup? Shine on. <gasps> oh, my God. oh my God, it's bedazzling. It's, it's all a metaphor for bedazzling. <laughs> oh, we did it. And on that note, I am Sonia Missio. I introduced myself at the beginning of the pod because I never do. I realized that. So I listen to the pods afterwards to, um, you know, quality control and to make sure I haven't said anything like liable or anything like that. And I never introduce myself. So, And I always make a note. I'm like, next time say never do. So I'm Sonia Missio and with me has been... Oh, shotting with Sonia Missio. See, I'm going to just... Thank you. Yeah, got you. <laughs> and Megan <laughs> Smith. <laughs> and Sammy, as you heard earlier. <laughs> and if people want to find you on the internet, how can they reach out to you or reach out to this pod if they have questions like Scott did, even though Scott WhatsApp me, so bad example. <laughs> well, Scott, you can WhatsApp Sonia or you can go to at Unusual Efforts. And if they wanted to send you a message, Jesse? Hello, Sonia. You go to at Jesse Lush. Megan, and they wanted to send you a message. Or find out more about German um, history. <laughs> I think it's 
the Megan Smith, but I'm not, actually not sure if I changed it during the World Cup. Okay. okay, you did change it. I, changed, I thought I was yeah. going insane. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 that Megan, and then I decided that I needed to broaden my horizons and not give my team um, affiliation away that quickly. So, <laughs> I um, had to do some maneuvering to get a t- uh, Twitter handle with my name in you it. You are the only I- Megan Smith that we care about. That is true. You might have cared about the one who worked at Google. Yeah. She was, te- like, chief technology officer of the United States under Obama. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But what has she done for you lately? Yeah. I mean, I you do Google, so... I know, Mike. Like, as soon as I said that, I, like, <laughs> side-eyed my Google home. Just like, Please don't black me or me. It's gonna, yeah. <laughs> no, Lexi. Nope, no, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> Um, and if you want to yell at me about the American national team or join me in celebrating both Michael Bradley and Josie Altador, you can reach me at Sonio, but please don't yell at me about the American national team because so many people have and like, you know, I just don't like them. And that's I, fine, I, but we are going to yell at you about Bradley, but that's in the next yeah. pod. Oh, Bradley, he's coming back to Toronto FC soon, so hooray. Oh. Um, so there now, isn't he? How's he doing? Oh, yeah, he hasn't been doing great. <laughs> that sounds about right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, the thing that stands out most is he missed a penalty shot very early in the season, but that's like my first memory of him like contributing to the team, which is in the best. We have a kid, and I keep calling him a kid in my head. He's 16 years old, but I don't actually know if that's true. But his name is, oh, I'm going to screw this up because I keep calling him Shaffa, but his name is Jacob Schaffenberg. Schaffenberg. Yes, I hope that's his name of my new favorite player. And it's great. So if you've been watching Toronto FC, keep an eye out on him. And keep an eye out on unusual efforts as we put new stories out and new swag in our black market store. Um, oh, bye. Bye. Ross, you can stop recording now. Or stop filming now. Do I stop recording now? I think you stop recording now. Okay. This is. Talk I'm to trying you. to look up Toronto players because, um, yeah, Alex Bono. Yes, he's a goalkeeper. Yes, um, Not our my first friend goalkeeper uh, right now. My friend went to high school with him. Oh, oh really? he's the one that Sonia told the cute story about. Yeah, I just heard that. Yeah, um, he was super, super sweet to her friends. Absolutely adores him, and I have so much respect for him right now. Um, well, I mean, I have so much for him. Right now, though, he is not our first string keeper. I was trying to remember because she talks about how weird it is watching him. Fair. <laughs> like, <laughs> which I feel is totally, I agree with that. If anybody I went to high school with was on anything, <laughs> I'd be very shocked. Oh, shoot. I forgot to press stop. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.